Welcome to your weekly dose of comedy with your host, Dana Pereira. Where's our participation trophy? Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Where's Our Participation Trophy. I'm Dana Pereira. And I am so excited for the guests that I have coming on today. She is a mama. She is a wife. She is a healer. She is a teacher. She is a badass woman who owns her sexuality. She is untamed and unashamed. Please enjoy Jerry Ann. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so excited to dive into this topic with you tonight. I'm really excited too. So let's say, because technically we are meeting for the first time. Yeah. How do you describe yourself to someone? I would say I'm pretty fucking untamable and vulnerable at the same time. It's an interesting mix. Okay. Okay. And what do you mean by untamable? I know you're married, so we got a little bit of tame there, right? <laughs> yeah. A little, bit. a little bit. Um, I just go against the grain. You know that song, Meredith Brooks, bitch. Like yes. I fully, like that is my life soundtrack. I fully embody that energy. Um, and yeah, so I'm kind of. I mean, I was wild. I'm in recovery from addiction, and like in my addiction. I was completely untethered um, and I just have never been able to settle down. You're an Aries. I'm an Aries sun and an Aries moon. So I have all this fire energy within me and like trying to like play housewife and do all those things for me. Like I just don't fit into the box. I do my best sometimes, but I spill all over and get really messy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you because <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. I um love especially your Instagram. I love watching you take control of your sexuality. Like yeah. you are unfucking ashamed about yourself and I love that and I know that you have uh opened that up to to people you're you're kind of teaching people yes. the way what are you doing with that so i am actually a certified sex coach um because and i started this journey because my first root of shame which is what we're talking about stems from like masturbation and my sexual desires as a teenager and it was something that i was taught to like shove down and then in my addiction i was actually a sex worker um, and that was, I'm all for sex work if it feels empowering, but for me, it was like a ways and means to survive my addiction. So it wasn't very empowering for me. Right. So I get clean and I have all this shame and anger and resentment towards myself. And like, I could not enjoy sex. I couldn't get out of my head and back into my body. I had like just shut that piece off and like felt like I was just kind of existing yeah. Um, and then I realized, Hey, I need to fucking look at this and heal some of the trauma that I've experienced. And I realized that sex is truly fucking power, sexuality, embracing that energy within because society tries to turn it off, you know, mm -hmm. or tell us how to act, how to behave. When you think of feminine energy, most people think of politeness, um, gentle softness, that motherly energy, it can all fucking coexist. Yeah. I'm an amazing mom and I'm a really freaky partner, you know, <laughs> <laughs> amazing mom in the streets, a freak in the streets. Yes, absolutely. 
Oh my God. I fucking love it. Um, I haven't had anything to eat today and I just poured <laughs> myself a glass of wine. So we're going to be talking about sex and yes. shame or things that we are unashamed of anymore. I might be a little tipsy by the end of this episode. It's all good. No shame. Mm. None right now. Fucking none at all. Um, so I had some of my listeners send in some of the things that they were no longer ashamed of. Because again, what you were saying before, we have society telling us mm-hmm. all of these things and we're made to feel a certain way. And if you even look back, you know, 30 years ago, things that were taboo or, you know, considered shameful or that you didn't talk about, I mean, 30 years ahead, now we're, we're talking about it. We're open about it. And I see this like, kind of like awakening oh, yeah. with people surrounding all of this. And I love it. What is your take on that? So I honestly feel the same way. And especially since COVID started, like all of these people had to really get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Cause think about it. when have we ever like just been with ourselves or been like locked in our houses and in my healing business, that's when I saw the most shift in people was like, oh my God, I'm like trapped in my own mind to help me, or I'm feeling this, like, can you guide me through that? And then just recently, I'm just watching so many women, especially like reclaim their power, rewrite their story and like, be like, it's I'm embrace their sexuality and use it as a tool. You know, I was wondering because I kind of chalked mine up to, oh, I've, gotten older, I've matured and the things that I worried about before, I'm not really worrying about now, but then I do see a lot of younger generations. They seem to be catching on to that mm-hmm. a lot quicker. I wish I, I ever fucking did. Same. <laughs> I do think 30 though. I think once I hit 30, I kind of something shift within me too. Yeah. Like I just felt more confident. I was like, you know what? I already went through and did all that crazy shit in my twenties. I'm just going to embrace who I am. And like, yeah, but I wish I had that confidence um, and no shame when I was in my twenties and younger too. So even speaking about uh, like doing drugs, my listeners know I've done a shit ton of drugs in my past. Like I, I used to be a raver. I was a candy raver. I, I can to, see like, this. Where the like, look so hot. And- <laughs> have like the pigtails and the little crop top with like the- Did you hula hoop? I did not hula hoop. <sighs> and for, I was way too high to hula hoop. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, I did a lot of that. And for a long time, I felt a lot of shame over it. And then yeah. I had to be like, you know what? But I, I did that. It's a part of who I am and exactly. it's who I am now. Like I don't really like now I'm open about it and I talk about it. And I actually had people reaching out to me, um, back whenever I did one of the episodes talking about my drug use in the past saying that they were, uh, so happy that they listened to that episode because it gave them hope for their child. Like, Oh, I see how you're doing now. And I realized that this can be just a phase and that somebody can move on from this and end up like having a good life, like a normal, normal existence, you know? Absolutely. It's, and that was you also sharing that piece of who you are was probably a little bit vulnerable if you had shame around it, you know, that programmed fear of judgment. No, I was not the fun 
drug user. I was like, I will steal your wallet and help you look for it at one point for hours. (laughs) Yeah, my drug experience was a little bit different. Um, But again, so many people are like, thank you for sharing that. Like I have hope for myself or I have hope for my kid. And like, I used to have so much shame around being a recovering heroin addict or crack addict. And like, um, I think me also talking about it ends the stigma a little bit. It's like, okay, people look at me and they're like, you stuck a needle in your arm and you did what? And they don't believe it because they think addiction has a face when it doesn't, you know? Yeah. I know you have two children also. How old are they? I have an eight-year-old and I have a three-year-old. And do you have any of those kind of talks with, with your kids? So with my eight-year-old, I do. Um, I was clean. Uh, thankfully, I um, got clean before I was pregnant with either of my boys, obviously. Um, no shame if somebody listening is struggling with addiction pregnant right. in any way. Um, so I do with my oldest just because I see so much of me in him, like that little people pleaser and that empath wanting to kind of escape things. Uh, But it is tough to navigate those conversations. But I go to like a 12 step program. And when he asked when he was littler and he would ask where I was going, I'd be like, I'm going to the meeting that keeps me healthy and keeps me better. Um, So he thinks of it as a form of medicine for me at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. That's really awesome. So I know that you had, you had mentioned needles. So was it heroin? Yeah. Heroin. And I was a big time crack addict. That's what I, wow. Yeah. I know that. So you're near Pittsburgh. You're not in Pittsburgh, but you're near it. Correct. Yeah. Indiana. And I know that, um, heroin's a big epidemic in, in Pittsburgh. I have unfortunately lost a lot of my friends from high school to heroin. And was there ever a time that you were in your head thinking like, Oh, I'm going to die. Oh my gosh. I wanted to Dana. I wanted to die. I couldn't understand how like people I loved were dying like from it, but I was at my rock bottom. I like was tired of waking up from the drug use. I just wanted it to be over. Um, so I was, I had no fear. I didn't have anything to live for at that point. I was homeless in Baltimore city. I was a prostitute and not like a high end classy prostitute at that point either. Yeah. Like I was a be at the corner, like panhandling, yeah. um, living in motels and on the street. Um, and I just didn't want to do it anymore. What was it that opened your eyes? What was it that finally, what were the steps that you took to, to get yourself out of it? So I, when I was in the strip club, I would have amazing, this is the beauty to masculine energy. Masculine energy always wants to save that wounded feminine energy. So I would have these men come in and be like, let me take care of you. Let me save you. Right. And like, I would go with them and like get clean for two or three days, come right back to using heavily. And, um, one day I remember like looking in the mirror and I didn't even recognize myself. I mean, I was still hot. even in my addiction. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, I was, <laughs> but I like looked into my eyes and into my soul. And I was like, you're like, 
you're gone. Like you can do this. Like you can come back from this. And I got really fucking humble because my shame was keeping me from allowing my family and my friends back home. Cause I disconnected from everyone. No one knew what I was doing. Yeah. Um, like I'm, I'm an airy, so I'm stubborn as fuck. Mm. I was like, I can do this myself. I can figure this out myself. Um, but I just kind of surrendered. I was like, I'm going to give myself a chance and I'm going to turn my ego into drive and like not let myself the fuck down. And thankfully I only had to go to rehab once. A lot of people are in and out, in and out, in and out, you know, um, yeah. but something just clicked. I, yeah. And it's, it's so unfortunate because a lot of times you want to say like, Oh, if you really want this, you'll do it. If you really want this, you're going to get clean, but addiction doesn't work like that. Yeah. No. And it's, it's so hard. I mean, I, my uncle, um, was a heroin addict for quite some time and thankfully he's good now. And he's been clean for a very, very, very long time, but it was fucking hell like on the family, on him, on like it drugs really do just fucking tear everything apart. It's just a fucking tornado that just runs through people's lives. Absolutely. And I've been on both spectrums, like my dad's an addict um, and then me. So I've experienced both sides and they both are fucking hard as shit. (laughs) Yeah. Do do you ever worry that like, it's like a gene thing? Like, your, oh my God, your son is going 100%. To, yeah. Well, oh. Even though he's lacking, he's lacking trauma though. Right. Like yes, he doesn't have the same trauma that, that you had gone through whenever you were younger. Yeah. But I can already see like addictive tendencies in mm-hmm. him yeah. with like food or video games and stuff like that. So we're very conscious of it where we'll be like, okay, you know, if he's turning to food, like, are you hungry or are you trying to not feel something or are you bored? You know, we talk through that. Um, and, but I did, I didn't want to be a mother because of it. I did not want to pass that on, but I'm really woo woo. You know, this, if you follow me, I talk to spirit. I'm also a medium. I'm a healer. Um, I know I broke that pattern for my family. I know that on a genetic soul contract level, your listeners are probably like, what the fuck is she talking about? But I love every second of it because I'm woo woo too. So yes, (laughs) yes. I know I broke that. So if my son does choose to go down that road, it's not going to be because I didn't work my ass off to break that ancestral pattern. And I also know how to, I try not to project into that because I'm like, oh my God, that's my baby. I can't even imagine him going through that. Right. Um, But like, I have a lot more awareness and how to support and like, yeah, if we, God forbid we ever cross that bridge, but if we do, you know, Yeah. And I think also, uh, being so aware of it and, Mm -hmm. uh, consciously doing what you can to make sure that he feels fulfilled and loved and, you know, and all of that is a big help. My, I, I tell this, I've talked on multiple podcasts about this and women's group. The reason I started using drugs was because I felt like I had a love void. I didn't have that love, you know, growing up that I saw other people have or that people showed, you know, cause what we see isn't really what everyone's reality is. So I like did it as a way to kind of escape and to feel at home within myself, you know? 
Yes, I, I do know. Cause I, I went down a path. I did not do heroin, but pretty much every other drug yeah. <laughs> I did, uh, you know, do in my twenties. Um, so in asking some of my listeners to write in, here's one for you. It says, I no longer feel ashamed for not following a religion that humans mm. have transformed into something hateful and dividing. Yes. I love that. And I'm seeing that happen as a collective too. It's amazing. There's, there's a lot. Um, uh, because I, I, I was raised Catholic. I went to a Catholic school, uh, you know, uh, Catholicism was kind of forced down my throat. It was spoon fed to us. And if you asked questions, they were like, you don't ask fucking questions, you know, like, well, how did they get all those animals on the ark? They're like, you just fucking did. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so whenever I started questioning and I was like, okay, I now outwardly say I am not religious, not even a little bit religious. In fact, I said, Jesus Christ earlier today on Twitter. And some dude was like, you took the Lord's name in vain. And I was like, well, maybe your Lord ain't my Lord. Okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah so I that's do- a tough thing to break free of. Yeah. I'm, I'm spiritual. I, I mm-hmm. do like that. And I, I feel like a lot of that is also coming to light is a lot of people are kind of setting down the religion, but picking up the spirituality. Yeah. Um, because religion, I don't want to offend anybody because I don't believe worry in a, about it. <laughs> I believe <laughs> in a higher power. I believe in like the spiritual energy and everything, but I just feel like religion was crafted to keep us untamed and in check and conformed, um, and scared, yeah. scared because you're told if you go against X, Y, and Z, you're going to freaking hell. Like how loving is that? Like teaching children that, it's like blows my fucking mind. Yeah. Yeah. So good for you for like not being ashamed of that anymore. Whoever wrote that in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cheers. And why should you? And I know that because some people would actually come to me and, and they would say like, uh, you know, oh, well, you know, God has them in a better place right now. And I'm like, how do you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it really like, for instance, when my father passed away. And they would, you know, say things like that about, you know, God or whatever. And I would get so angry, not because like, I didn't think my father had gone to a better place or anything like that. But I was like, why are you shoving your shit down my throat in like my grieving process? Absolutely. Sometimes not saying anything is better, you know, because I think sometimes people get uncomfortable and they don't know what to say. So then they like shove something like that. And it's just bypasses all of your grief and all of your feelings. It just be like, I'm so fucking sorry this happened. If you need something, I'm here, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Cause yeah. you never know what somebody else believes or doesn't believe, or, you know, I just, yeah. I was so, it was probably just something for me to hold on to because I was so um, upset about my father that I was like, okay, well now I want to get mad, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> the grieving hurts. So now I want to be mad about something mm-hmm. being angry is so much easier than feeling sad or any other feeling. Yeah. I, this one says I used to feel shame over the amount of people I slept with, mm, but now that. I don't care. Yes. Clapping for that. Absolutely. Especially it, for women, like that body count number in our head 
can carry so much shame yeah. for men, but for men, it's like high five, dude. Yeah. You bang three people this weekend. Cheers. That's awesome. Yeah. One right after the other <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, way to go. I know. And it's definitely not that same way with, with women. women. Um, I do have a question because this just reminded me. So your husband, how did you have that conversation with your husband? About what? About or, prostitution or, or the people that you had slept with before. So he's also in recovery. So he has his own dark past. Too, okay. So. Okay. But, um, I, so in, he's heard me talk about it before. Cause I was pretty open about my shame because I didn't want to carry it anymore. And I didn't want other people to carry it. Um, and yeah, we just had that conversation. I would not be with him if he would have been like, oh, that's disgusting. I'm going to judge yeah. you, you know, now my oldest dad energy towards it was a little different. Um, and his perception of it was different, but he knew like that was a phase, uh, a part of my story, but not who I am. And yeah. obviously as a sex educator, I am somebody who obviously I've been tested. I've like been taking care of my body, you know, my, the amount of men that I have slept with and women has nothing to do with like how valuable of a partner I am in any mm-hmm. way. Yeah. yeah, I might give a better blow job than most at this point because <laughs> I was pretty much a professional at one point. Professional blow job giver yes. right here. Put it on the resume. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, this one's good. It says, I no longer feel shame over my hairy armpits. I'm mm. female. I got made fun of so bad about my hairy armpits that my mom let me start shaving them regularly in the fourth grade. I stopped doing that around 20 years ago. I'm 35. And now I just trim when it starts to look a little too cousin it. Dang. See, that's one that I think I would still have shame with. Honestly, I raise my arm and I see spikes. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to run into the bathroom and make that. So good for you. Yes. I, so that's like another society thing, right? That is something there was no fucking way that a cave woman was running around (laughs) with like a pterodactyl trying to trim her fucking Uh armpit hair, like the fucking Flintstones, you know, like it just didn't happen. They grew hair. They grew hair from their armpits. They grew hair from their legs. They grew hair from their vagina, but I I am the same. I'm like, oh my gosh, my legs feel a little prickly. I need to, but I like, I enjoy having soft shaved legs, Mm -hmm. um, and some clean sheets like that feels good for me. Um, but I have gone through a phase where I've grown my vagina hair out, just like do a nice landing strip or it's like in between getting waxed. And I questioned, I was like, should I push this and see if I still feel sexy? Because I have in my head that that area needs to be perfect in order for me to be sexy and desirable. So I wanted to push that limit a little bit um, for myself, but I personally prefer like a little landing strip of mine. So it didn't last long, but I gave it a go. Yeah. See, I'm not good with um, art. And so trying to make a little landing, it would be like, yeah, I've had like a really <laughs> off-centered one at one point. I was like, man, I worked so hard on this and I just had to let like, it go. Clean the slate. Try again. <laughs> we'll try in three more weeks and <laughs> give it a go. <laughs> um, I am no longer ashamed of mental health for men. Mm. The phrase man up is quickly dying. Yes, absolutely. There's so much pressure on the masculine energy to like, 
be this strong supporter and like not be weak at all. Mm-hmm. I remember my husband, whenever I first met him, dude, he just like never cried. He never, like if he was upset about something, he just kind of like internalized. He didn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. He didn't want like nothing. He's a Pisces though. That's part of them. They're, Is it? Pisces are actually so freaking sensitive. Um, but men, Pisces ha- feel like they have to put on this stone wall energy. That's so funny. I used to call him a robot and now mm-hmm. I mean, I feel bad about it now, but I, <laughs> I would, I would be like, why are you such a robot? Like if you need to cry, fucking cry. I mean, I schedule my tears. I'm like, oh shit. Oh, I need a really good cry, but I'm really busy. I'm not going to be able to cry until Saturday probably. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do, I have to, I'm like, Cause I can feel it like welling up mm-hmm, inside like of me here. Yeah. And if I don't release it, I will just turn into a maniac. So I'm like, oh man, I need a really good cry. Yes. So I want to ask you a question as yeah. a mom, you have two boys, right? Two boys, I have, boys. I have three boys and a girl. So I have four children. Oh my gosh. All right. So how do you feel about like that statement, like man up as a mom with boys, older boys. I do not do that to my kids at all. In fact, I'm very, very, um, I, I let them have a lot of space if they have, because uh, I can tell sometimes when, especially my oldest, whenever he's starting to clam up and he, he will also internalize and I'll say, okay, Hey, listen, I don't need to talk to you about this right now. When do you want to talk? I'll give you a day, yes. I'll give you whatever it is. Like you come to, and, and it allows him to sit with it, think about it, figure out what he wants to do about it. And most of the time he'll come to me and be like, okay, I'm ready to talk. And then we put it all out there. And, but I, I remember whenever I was growing up, it was, you do what I say, when I say, yes. uh, you know, like you, your opinion doesn't fucking matter. Uh, nobody explained anything to me. If it was no, it was just no, it wasn't no, because you might get hurt or no, because of this, this, and that it was just fucking no. So that's I, why we're all in therapy. <laughs> right? we all grew up the same way. Yes. And so now <laughs> like, for instance, my son, uh, my 15 year old just two weeks ago was like, mom, uh, can I like sell my lizard on offer up or something like that? And he was like, no. <laughs> and he was like, what? And I, cause I just immediately shut him down. Mm-hmm. I didn't give him a reason. I did. I was just like, fuck no. What are you thinking? Like, no. And then I was like, oh, okay. And I walked back in the room and I went, honey, can I explain to you why I said no to that? And he was like, yeah. And I said, okay we've had your lizard for two years. And before that it belonged to somebody else. It belonged to a teacher. And I don't know how long your teacher had that lizard. So I don't think it's a smart move to sell your lizard to somebody else when we don't know how old it is and it could die tomorrow. (laughs) And he was like, okay, yeah, I understand, (laughs) you know, but instead of the immediate shutdown, give them a little, a little taste of why you're saying no. Absolutely. I just caught myself doing that the other day in the car. I was like, why do I, it's programmed. I'm used to my parents saying no. So every once in a while I'll catch myself and be like, Oh no, really? It's not that serious. If you like play with something, <laughs> just it, you know? Yes. Yeah. I feel like we're all trying to like break through these fucking habits that have been uh, taught to us, I guess, since we were little, like we learned these things 
and uh, there's, Mm. it's up to us to break them. Yeah. I do a lot of inner child healing stuff with my clients and like as a collective, I'm telling you, I work with a lot of people so much of it. Like our parents fuck us up. We're going to fuck our kids up in some way, mm-hmm. some way. And they're going to be dealing with it down the road. Um, my kids are probably going to be super embarrassed growing up with all the sex I talk about, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like my mom is like a freak and <laughs> well, you know, um, who is it? Rachel Bilson. Do you know Rachel Bilson? Yes. Her mom is a sex therapist and I guess she was like super embarrassed about it whenever she was younger, but now she's like, no, my mom's the fucking coolest. (laughs) Yeah. I hope that's how my um, um, kids see me. And the biggest piece of shame with this for me was what like the baseball moms were going to think about this in my little community and everything. I was like, Jesus, they're either a, it was a story I created in my head, which probably Mm -hmm. wasn't reality. It was either a, they're going to be like, I don't want my husband near her be like, what the heck? This woman's crazy. I always already am like the town witch. So let's add some sex and like, you know, it's just a whole, yeah. So I kind of let that shame go and I'm able to show up more authentically. Um, but yeah, that's something that I tell myself a lot too. That's definitely a story that I've created in my head is like, Mm -hmm. Oh, they're not going to like me. Um, and, and I wonder how much of my past I have brought onto myself because of telling myself that story so many times. Absolutely. Uh, but you know, oh, this one kind of goes right into it. Uh, getting a boob job and Botox (gasps) used to be taboo, but now I openly talk about both. I refuse to feel shame for wanting to look good. Sure. I liked myself with wrinkles and mosquito bites too, but making these changes boosted my confidence. Yes. I fake tits and my Botox is wearing out right now. (laughs) (laughs) I also, hi, my name is Dana and I have fake boobs and Botox. (laughs) You know, in the spiritual community, I feel like I get judged for like getting Botox and getting filler and getting my boobs done and everything. And it was shame I had to release. I was like, you know what? I breastfed two kids. And even, even if I didn't, like, even if I just wanted nice boobs, like, yeah. you know, who the, f- it's nobody else's business. It's my body and like, whatever. Yep. No, I feel the exact same way. And I used to, uh, like kind of hide it. Like I didn't want anyone to know mm-hmm. that, you know, I had my boobs done and that was the first time that I had them done. And then I got them done again after having my second two children, my second set of kids. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, well, shit, no, I paid 10 grand for these bitches. Like, yeah, I want to look, look at them. Will you? Yep. <laughs> They're spectacular. Thank you very much. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I can relate to that one a lot because when I had my boobs done, I was like, oh my God, people are really like, why are you doing that? You're already so beautiful. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm just like, can't doing it because I want, okay. I want the boobs. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Like if I want to do something to make me feel a little bit better because I am insecure about something, yeah, just let me fucking do it. I'm allowed to yeah. have insecurities. The whole world has insecurities. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like take off your makeup, Karen, if you're not insecure, you know, yeah, <laughs> go ride a bicycle instead of your BMW for Christ's sake. <laughs> uh, okay. The last one that I have here says as a mom, I always felt a lot of mom guilt, but mm. now I realize that I need time for myself or I need to take shortcuts. 
Sometimes that means my kids get extra screen time. Sometimes it's a fatty or sugary snack. Sometimes I just have to do what will keep them quiet for a minute so I can regroup and recharge. Mm, I feel you, mama. I feel you. Yes. Uh, Mom guilt's a real fucking thing. So bad. It's really Uh, bad. It is. But when I take that space for myself, I show up better as a mom. You know, my oldest, I didn't leave him until he was like three for an overnight thing. And that was to bang my now husband. (laughs) (laughs) And I like recently with, I have a three-year-old now and I went on a girl's weekend last weekend. I couldn't wait to come home and see my kid, you know, because I was recharged. I mean, but prior to that, I was like, oh my gosh, just stop touching my face. Just get out of my bubble, you know? Um, so we deserve that space. Yeah. And I think also you're showing your child that it's okay to kind of, you know, disconnect and and take your time for yourself. I know for me, I was just talking about this to one of my girlfriends. My daughter loves to fucking play dolls. I hate dolls. I fucking hate to play dolls. And I have to tell her, I'm like, I, I don't, mommy doesn't really love to play dolls. So what I'll do is I'll play dolls with you for 10 minutes. And then when that 10 minutes is up, I'm done playing dolls because it's not my favorite. And I felt guilty about it at first, but then I was like, but no, I'm teaching her that it's okay to say no, if you don't enjoy something. That's freaking amazing. Absolutely. Especially for a girl, because we're told to like, say yes or people please I mean boys are too I'm not trying to but I feel like girls in general women like that is like that obedience doing what you're supposed to do yeah you know is programmed into us yeah and and it's the same with my boys too like Kai Mm -hmm. will come down and he'll be like mom uh can I tell you about this game that I just played I just did and I'm like okay sure you can tell me about this game And then we're going to put that on pause until tomorrow, like a 24 hour break from hearing about your one one or whatever it was that you just did. And then, so he'll, he'll quickly tell me about his game. And I'm like, all right, now I get a break. Just don't tell me again. (laughs) Compromise. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, another thing, and this is my own shame admission that I had, and I want to know what you feel about it. Um, I had a lot of shame when I get angry or sad or overwhelmed. I don't like to be touched, Mm. whether it's my husband, a friend trying to give me a hug, whatever it is. And I know, I, I know that it's from, you know, past. I was going to say, where do you think this stems from? (laughs) I know exactly where it stems from. Um, But I've learned that now it's okay for me to tell my husband, because it it would bother him a lot Mm -hmm. whenever he would, because we, we hold hands on the couch when we're watching TV and, (laughs) you know, like we're, we're very cuddly people. We're always like in each other's space. And, but just the other night, even I was going through some stuff and I was like, okay, like he put out his hand and I was like, I can't right now. I'm sorry. Like, I just, I can't, I can't be touched right now. I can't have a hand holding. I can't have you Cause he likes to rub. He's a mm-hmm. like, hold my hand and rub it and rub my arm and rub my leg. And I'm like, I don't want to be an asshole and be like, stop fucking rubbing me. <laughs> yeah. 
but you you tend to learn to uh tell people like hey I'm having a moment right now it'll be different tomorrow probably but right now I need to take my space do you ever do that oh my gosh all the time yes my husband does the same thing he um if we're having an argument I mean we're not perfect we all fucking argue of course yeah he knows to just tell, he won't argue back with me Okay. So if I'm upset about something, I'm an Aries. I want you to argue back with me. Mm -hmm. Give me that, like, give me something to feed into. Feed the fuel. And when he's really upset, he won't. If it's something like small, like he'll argue with me and then it'll turn into like some play afterwards, you know, that fun battle of control. But he'll be like, I just don't want to talk about it because I'm going to say something I regret. I just need my space. Um, Even when he's going through like things outside of our container, our relationship, he likes to take a moment to process it himself. And I'm a fixer. I'm a healer. So I'm like, let me take your pain. Like, let me like, you know, transmute this for you and let me help you feel better. But he's like, I've learned to, I used to get offended. Like your husband used to be like, Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, you don't want me to help you. You, so that would show me in the story I would create in my head would be like, you don't love me enough to let me in Mm -hmm. when you're going through something. And then I would just feel like, oh God, I would be, it would be a really narcissistic tendency where I would flip the script once myself when he's doing something, going through his own thing. Yeah. But now we both know like, okay, let's just take our space. Um, and then come back to this after the dust has settled a little bit. I think that's a healthy thing. Um, because it also shows that you're not like emotionally codependent either. And you're able to process things on your own and get to where you need to be with it. Wherever the fuck that is. How long have you been with your husband now? Six years. So it's still kind of new. Yeah. Well, I mean, Joe and I have been married for, uh, almost six years. We're coming up on six years in November. We've been together for 11 years and, man, it's, I mean, we've been to therapy a few times, you know, like we've, we've had to work through some shit and, um, but knowing that there's like another person out there that's like, yeah, let's figure it out, you know, or, you know, and now we do, we take our time. If, if I need a a beat, you know, I'm like, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to go breathe out here for a little bit. And that you don't have to be like on top of each other and in each other's space all the time and fighting all the time. And, you know, all of that. Yeah, I think that's extremely healthy um, because I don't know from my own experience prior to this relationship, prior to this version of myself, the relationships weren't the issue. I was the issue. I was extremely like codependent and like mm-hmm. just n- needed that person in order to feel whole, you know, now I'm like, okay, have your space and it's healthy. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because I was the same exact way. I was very codependent. I did a lot of, and I I think that I used this phrase before I did a lot of putting my happiness into somebody else's hands and then expecting them to know what the fuck to do with it. Yeah. And then being disappointed every single time because they weren't in my head. They didn't know what I wanted. They're a completely different person and different things please Mm -hmm. them than me. And, you know, and so I made that mistake in all of my relationships, even with my husband, I, you know, have done that. And I'm just learning now that, oh no, like you can't, 
do that to be, it's unfair to him. It's unfair to yourself. Yeah. It's not a healthy thing to do. Like your happiness belongs to you and making yourself happy is how your relationships thrive as well. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Expectations always lead to fucking disappointment. Placing expectations. Like I now I like find myself placing really low expectations <laughs> so that they're easily met or above what I'm expecting, especially with kids, like even vacations and stuff, expecting it to be amazing and like luxurious when really you're just walking back and forth from the beach 800 times with 17 totes. Um, yeah. Yelling and screaming. You're, you're just having like the same experience at home. It's just in a different location. Yeah. And like for our relationship, we, um, I definitely placed my happiness in men's hands, even my husband's. And then I went through something where that happiness was kind of ripped away with him. And I was like, Jesus, like I really need to work on myself and learn to love myself first and not realize like your actions are not a reflection of like how worthy I am of love. It's something else like completely that you're going through yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And even on the flip side of that, like allowing your partner to be who they are, to have their, uh, you know, things that make them happy that are outside of you and, and being supportive of that. Like I never realized how important it was to, allow my partner to be a person without me Mm -hmm. because that's another religion thing too like all of it we're told we become a unit once we're together you know and in my containers for couples there is one unit one unit and then your unit combined you know you're your own separate energies but yes you have this energy and container together to navigate as well. And it all starts with communication and like clearing the blockages that are keeping you from communicating in the stories, you know? Yeah. Oh man. So there was one question that you asked me, uh, when we were just planning on getting together and, and doing this show together. And that was, can I talk about masturbation? And I was like, fuck yeah, you can talk about masturbation. Oh. <laughs> Because masturbation for women and men is like the root of so much sexual shame. They don't like, I know for me personally, I was really young when I started masturbating. Um, I think my first like pleasurable moment goes to kindergarten, like grinding on my stuffed animals. Oh, relate, relate. There's the corner of my desk in first grade, yes. I remember. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember getting screamed at like mm-hmm. for doing that. And like, I get it. Like, it's a weird, like, it's an uncomfortable thing for people to talk about. And like, I'm already projecting into navigating things with my boys. Which, um, Picked up so- a crusty sock already too. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I instantly was like, okay, this pleasure and this feeling is bad. So then I get into like middle school and I found those electric toothbrushes and I realized you could take the bristle off and put that thing on your clit and come really hard. Oh my God. And I was like, instantly, I should have known I was going to be a drug addict because I was so (laughs) addicted to getting off. Um, like I would come home from school, race into my bedroom, get off and then hide my toothbrush, you know, afterwards or sneak it back into the bathroom. Um, and I recently, my husband and I walked in, went to a sex shop and they had like a sex toy that was very similar to like the toothbrush vibration. And I was like, my inner teenager fucking needs that to like release all the shame. And like, 
but yeah, like I used to have so much. I didn't talk about it to anyone. My girlfriends didn't talk, sit in a circle and be like, hey, what are you masturbating with? How Have you done this yet? But what we did talk about was the shitty sex we had with boyfriends because, you know, they were getting off to it and we yeah. were getting absolutely nothing from it other than I lost my virginity statements. Yes. So a mm-hmm. uh, question again, man, I just, I love how, open you are and yeah. how you just talk about everything because there's probably not another guest that I would have had on this show so far that would be like, yeah, totally. Ask me about, you know, <laughs> my masturbating techniques, but so your husband, does he ever get jealous of you masturbating? No, we make space for each other to go get off. Like if we can't sneak away uh, and like, oh, he'll be like, go upstairs or that's like, a big thing in our house is we're very like sex positive between us. I give him space to masturbate. He gives me space. We masturbate together. This whole freaking thing. Um, so zero shame from him, but it wasn't always that way. I used to shame him. Mm-hmm. I used to, uh, after I had my son, um, we went through, he went through a porn addiction and I felt like I was not desirable anymore. And I fucking hated porn. I thought like, you know, him jerking off, sorry for that crude language, but fuck it, <laughs> like meant that he didn't want to have sex with me. And it, like, it, that's that empty cup I got, that happiness was ripped away from me right? because, you know, and that's something we've navigated and we talk about um, often. So now that I realize like that doesn't take away from his desire for me because my needs are met with him like sexually beyond like what other people would think is probably normal um <laughs> we've just navigated some new things within our sex life which have been really spicy um have you guys anybody on here watched sex life on netflix have you watched that yet i have not oh my god please freaking watch it and like, okay you will be so horny and be having oh my god it's oh so my husband's already on board he's like yep sign us up we're, yes. we're <laughs> But the answer bluntly is there's no shame. We will, like, he'll literally tell me, he'll get up earlier with the kid and be like, get off and then I'll make you breakfast. Man. I know. What I know. a life. That is awesome. <laughs> I know. So tell me, you have a podcast coming out. Is I it do. out already? or is It's it... going to come out in October. I'm like okay. batch recording and everything right now. And it is called? Untamed and Unashamed. Wow. And, and how many episodes are you releasing? I'm going to do eight at a time. Awesome. And so far, give us a little sneak peek of, of what you're getting into on your show. So each episode, we are going to talk about sex and spirituality um, and shame. So there'll be topics around like butt stuff and the root chakra, which is one of our seven chakra systems. Not going to dive into that on here. Oh, um, when the show is over, I'll tell you about the chakra reading that I had. Okay. I love it. Um, (laughs) and so there's a bunch of different topics from shedding trauma and like trauma and BDSM kink and everything. And each person will share their most like spiritual, sexual experience, shameful and pleasurable experience. So I'm really excited for it. It's a lot of stuff that people don't talk about, but we all think about. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and where can people find you? So Instagram is the best place to find me right now. And that's guided underscore awakenings. Awesome. My God, this was really, really fun. You'll have to come back on. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to have you on my show. I'm really excited. Yes. I mean, I know, I know you talked about butt stuff. So my, my husband's like, 
should we practice? <laughs> you should. Oh my God. I love that stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Oh, and guys, even if you are not nailing it this week, you're still going to get that participation trophy. 